Redesign Travel is an interview series and podcast where we chat to experts, entrepreneurs, designers, researchers, and travelers of the world to explore how we can reimagine, reinvent, redesign, and regenerate travel. I'm your host, Elena Rodriguez Blanco. Welcome to today's journey. In today's episode, we have entrepreneur and business strategist, Martin Sibley. Martin is the to-go person if you're looking to design accessible and inclusive goods, services, and workplaces. As author, keynote speaker, and podcaster, Martin has been championing the underserved disabled community of 1.3 billion people who are looking to have their needs met. He's currently co-founder and CEO of two initiatives, Disability Horizons Magazine, and most recently, the Purple Goat Agency which offer multimedia marketing and connect brands to the disabled community. In 2015, he also co-founded Accommable, also known as the Disabled Airbnb, which actually then got acquired by Airbnb. So Martin knows quite a bit about travel. And of course, I met Martin in 2017 while traveling. Martin, welcome to Redesign Travel. We're honored to have you here today. Thank you for having me here. That's made me feel tired hearing all that introduction. There's so much been going on the last 10 years. Obviously very, very positive and very fun, but it's, um, yeah, sometimes quite scary when you look back at the different projects and initiatives that you've been involved in as well. This is crazy to me, the variety of things that you do while traveling and keeping that passion going. So how can you combine all that? How is travel and all these initiatives coming together? And what does travel also mean for you? Yeah, I mean, I suppose taking the, the idea around travel on its own to begin with, I, as a child, my, you know, went with my family to lots of places on nice holidays, like kind of few places in Europe. We did a couple of trips to the USA. Obviously, I'm, I'm based in the UK. Um, obviously, on the podcast, I probably should mention that I have a disability myself. I'm a wheelchair user. I have to have a care team that support me with a lot of physical day-to-day tasks. Um, but I've always had a very can-do, positive, optimistic kind of mindset. And so I think with, with travel, it's it's almost a, a duo, sort of two prongs that on the one hand, it's one of the hardest things to do when you have a disability like mine. <laughs> Unfortunately, the world wasn't really designed with wheelchair users around the architectural table, right? So there's a lot we need to do in the world to make it more accessible, very personally from a wheelchair user perspective. And we'll come on a bit later to some of the disability stuff with the projects as well in a more broader sense of the community. But challenge, yeah, travel is challenging. But on the other hand, what it means to me is that chance to get out of your microclimate, your home, comfort it's a chance to go and try new food and meet new people from new cultures it's you know trying to pick up some of the the local language it's and really in the end it's about new experiences that day to day when we're at home or if we have a job that's also nearby as well you know that routine is nice for a while but for me after a little while I'm bored of the routine and I want to change the routine and travel is a a really powerful way to do that and then I think sort of going from childhood to adulthood I, I did uni I did um, some work in London but I decided I wanted to leave 
my my salaried, my employed job to have more freedom. And I guess that's another part. Travel offers freedom in a way to me as well. So this is where the, it combines in with the things we talked about in your your very kind and uh, well explained introduction there. That I was able to go around the world as a blogger. I've I've been blogging since 2009 which ultimately is showing disabled people where is good and bad and ugly to travel with a disability. Um, but also I think educating mainstream society about what if you have a disability, actually you can still do all of these cool things as well. Um, and yeah, the blog just evolved into all those other projects we were talking about. So I think the travel fueled the work and the work fueled the travel and it's just been a really amazing sort of nearly 10 years now of self-employment. Great, great. I'm never going to complain about packing a bag again, knowing and thinking of everything you have to pack when you travel and you're still on the road more than me possibly. So that's pretty impressive. Yeah, my, my checklist is, is pretty epic actually with all the, <laughs> the equipment and the wheelchair chargers and all this kind of stuff. But, you know, whenever you've done something a few times it, it becomes a routine and normalized as well and what do you think about the the travel industry now like with everything i mean we're talking right now in september 2020 just uh in case someone listens to us later and um yeah what do you think is going to happen just out of like your expertise your uh, intuition like what's what's the future holding for the industry and also if you want to then focus it on what it means also for for your community and and the way you travel so i mean i think broadly obviously the the pandemic we're in has hit the travel industry very very hard so i think that there's a lot of kind of crisis mode in a lot of parts of the travel and tourism world particularly on the international level i also think it's opened up opportunities for staying in the same country and exploring those places that are not in your hometown but there may be an hour or three or four hours for like a, a day trip and, and even for staying overnight for a little while there's you know England's not one of the biggest countries in Europe or the world but there's still you know I'm in Cambridgeshire which is not far from London but we've got like Cornwall is beautiful the lake and the peak district is, is really beautiful so i think yeah sort of living in england i can say it, it's opened up this idea of exploring more the local tourism economy and, and helping to keep the economy going by supporting more local business i know something you're very passionate about is that sort of you know stopping the climate change and the sustainable tourism and and this world and i, and I think actually there's a lot of um, connections with that agenda and inclusion, which I'll, I'll come on to more specifically in a moment. But I think actually there is something positive to be said about we are slowing down as people, as humans, and not rushing as much as we maybe were in, in recent years for work and for leisure. And yeah, I think the planet is probably relieved that we're not, um, flying everywhere and driving everywhere as much as we have been recently. So I think if, if you're in a tourism industry, there are big, big challenges. But I also think that, you know, when this pandemic passes, however that plays out, we'll 
wait and see, but I think that there will be new opportunities from a business perspective, but also for like reimagining the more social issues of, um, and then the sort of, yeah, the downside that maybe has happened within tourism settings. And to the point about disability, um, yeah, I think if we're just more empathetic and thoughtful of all these issues, that will include if someone is in a wheelchair like me, what kind of travel and experiences does someone like myself need? So it's almost, we, we can have a, not a blank sheet of paper, but we can start to, you know, from a, a more of a beginning point and, and rebuild what tourism will look like for the rest of this you know, century and beyond. And if you had, because there's so many things that we can now, when we open this scope of reimagining, not just thinking, wow, like what, what can it mean? And we have those pictures of the dolphins in, in Venice that have gone around the world and probably some fake news ones as well. But it's been a nice image anyway to think of that being true. And I'm just thinking like, what, what can we reimagine? So if you had like this kind of magic wand, let's say, of what could happen and also what is the biggest challenge in, in disability and what would be the biggest opportunity that could happen when we open up again for these experiences to be inclusive and available to everyone and also that, you know, could perhaps shed light to how we need to do travel instead of trying to like reshape something that's been done wrong, right? Or like architecture that is not available in different ways. Now we have an opportunity to really like do something from the beginning in a way. So what, what would you do like if we were to, to give you that magic wand or, or hire you? when we talked about the, the sort of climate change and the environment side, even separate, again, connected to disability would be transportation. So like there are a lot of new disruptive, innovative types of transport that are around now or certainly coming in the next five to 10 years. I guess it would be whether it's a plane, whether it's a new way of flying, whatever that might end up being. We can get quite sci-fi with this, can't we? But like the, that would be good for the environment in the sense of the not burning the, the fossil fuels and messing up um, the climate. But also, you know, when you come back to the, the fact you've got the disability access, you know, I have to stay in my wheelchair on an aeroplane, right? I'm not, uh, sorry, vice versa, I'm not allowed to stay on my wheelchair. So they have to put the wheelchair in the, the baggage hole underneath with the suitcases. My chair is very specific to my my strength, my balance, my, my needs to support me. So when I fly, getting on an aeroplane is really, really stressful. And I have to be physically lifted by two strangers I've never met before. There's a lot of trust involved in that. I have uh, sustained injuries through that process where it goes wrong. I've had broken wheelchairs where they've dropped the, the chair getting on and off the plane. So I, when I mentioned that, you know, the world wasn't designed with, say, wheelchair users around the architectural table, I think inclusive design is the really the, the powerful tool to all of this, that if we're designing a new aeroplane or a mode of transport and the same for an intercity, like getting in a taxi has to be certain 
way for me to get in it with my wheelchair and buses and on and on and on. But if we have disabled people more around the design process and our voices are more heard, that's how it will be inclusive to more groups of people. And I keep making the point that wheelchair users, my personal case study, because the work I do represents blind people, deaf people, learning disability. It's the whole variety of disability. And ultimately, Purple Goat, we're just trying to have those voices heard in the design, but also in the marketing. And that, I mean, we are a marketing agency. So ultimately, we work with brands and some travel brands, literally with making sure disabled people are in the advertising and you know articulate those experiences for that community so there's a lot to reimagine but the prism is inclusive design and inclusive marketing really right right and um what what has been the most amazing travel experience that has been inclusive for you i'm just curious yeah, so I mentioned I went away with family quite a lot, but they did the kind of hard work around the research and the access and, you know, making sure it all went as smoothly as possible with all the adaptions and stuff. But the first trip I did without my parents, I was about 21, 22, in between my degree and my master's. And I went, I thought I'd go to the other side of the world, basically. So... I went to Australia with two care assistants and the research and planning was difficult, but I stopped in Singapore and I did Sydney, Melbourne and Noosa near to Brisbane for a week each. And it was just that rush and goosebumps of, I'm on the other side of the world, I'm doing it independently as in I'm not with my family supporting. Um, of course there were dramas, like the two care assistants had a bit of a fallout argument and like <laughs> the weather in Melbourne, it snowed for the first time in 50 years, which I, as, as we talked about before we started, I, I love the warm weather, but whenever I try and go for some good sunshine, it doesn't always work out that way for different reasons. But yeah, so Australia's up there with Shrin, who I know you've met as well, my co-founder of Disability Horizons and Accommable, we went to California on a big road trip together and that was great as a holiday and an experience, but it also led to those business ideas. It was in doing the travels, we found that problem, which as an entrepreneur, you want to solve that problem, right? And then, yeah, I did a load of adventure stuff like flying a plane and husky dog sledding and hot air ballooning and scuba diving and all sorts of things that I never thought would be possible when I was a child. Amazing, amazing. Yeah, tell us a little bit about uh, that trip to California then with, with Shin and, and founding Accommable. And I mean, you are one of the few co-founders that have actually sold a company to Airbnb. And I think there's no better way to actually um, catalyze change than being able to get these big companies to understand those needs that we have by having them acquire or build into their system what you know the the, the problem itself the solution let's say in this case right yeah, so yeah. so tell us a little bit about that process how did it come about how do you, how did you design for it as well since we're talking about design how did that come about and and how did that match happen you know yeah sure so 
as I mentioned, it, it was a holiday. We both had our own, you know, day jobs at the time in London. And um, the holiday was not meant to create a business, if you like. It, it was just a holiday. But we've been friends since we were young. We both have the same disability. And on, on a couple of particular things, just trying to find adapted cars to rent, adapted rooms at hotels, even like making reservations for dinner of a night where they would have an accessible toilet. Like this stuff, a lot of people don't even realize and think about how fundamental it is for someone like Shrin and I. So that provision of information was a clear problem slash let's go find the solution. And then we, we went, I think we got to Vegas and the hotel room we'd booked online was meant to be accessible and they'd messed up the booking. Now, to be fair to them at Vegas, they were like, we do have a VIP suite available that is accessible. So you get these slightly weird <laughs> moments with disability that you're either going to be really slumming it and it's not pleasant, like you can't, and I'll come on to that in a minute actually, but at all, you end up with the upgrade and it's actually even better than it would have been. <laughs> but, but whilst that's a nice outcome, you know, there is a stress and annoyance about you arrive at the hotel tired after driving all day and they've messed up the accessible room. And then when we got to LA, the same happened, but there wasn't the VIP suite available. And it, it simply meant we couldn't shower for the three, four days we were at this hotel. You know, it doesn't it didn't kill us, like it wasn't the end of the world, but it's still basic dignity and kind of like human rights in a way. So yeah, like there was this whole thing around the accommodation in particular. So that stayed with us, but we actually started the magazine out the back of California. So we launched Disability Horizons in 2011. And there was articles on travel, on you know, relationships and sex, which has struck a chord with the community, on employment, like quite a diverse amount of different sort of things going on, really. And then the more that grew and got better and better, we still were struggling for the business model. It was really hard to get some kind of advertising or marketing spend on a smaller disability online magazine. And that was what prompted us to like, what product would also be, you know, in demand and have a business model. And that was when Shrin learned to code so that we could do this. And it resulted in the beta of Accommable, which yeah, sort of ended up, we got some properties, we got some customers, we got grant funding, we got angel investors. I'm making it sound so easy in these 10 seconds I said <laughs> that, but we, we did that over like, you know, a year or two. And ultimately, we even needed a ton more money to do what we needed to do from a product and marketing, but particularly a product perspective. Or we got the mainstream guys to understand the market opportunity. And so, again, easier to say, but we ended up speaking to Airbnb and eventually they were interested in acquiring us. And yeah, the rest, as they say, is history. 
Amazing, amazing. And I think that's a super great point because when we're thinking about redesign, like some of the bigger companies are always creating these departments to then try to figure out and, you know, go through empathy to understand how you feel in a wheelchair while you're traveling. While there's already people out there doing that. You now there's a lot of entrepreneurs that, that have those ideas that are testing that we can skip a step in a way because that's already done for you. And then they can kind of think about how we can then mesh together and bring that, those collaborations, whether it being like how you guys did it through an acquisition or, and I love the Shrin learn to code. I love, you guys, it's like, they're like multi, multi abilitated people actually doing all, all crazy things. So I love it. But yeah, to me, like it's something in, in redesign, we're trying to like, think about how to start when there's already a lot of little experiments out there a lot of small entrepreneurs that are doing amazing things that have actually really gone really niche and understood a problem quite profoundly like i've learned being in the industry more now there are a lot of different connecting pieces that it's never so simple just to make it better like there are various other pressures and and all different you know things going on but I think what we found with COVID is that we've had to change our behavior because of COVID, but actually it's an opportunity to change behavior. So we talked about reimagining and redesigning, but there's something also around the behavioral change. Like no one would say we don't want disabled people to travel or we don't want dogs to be comfortable. Like no one's being nasty, but equally there's just this oh the system doesn't allow for a better experience and there's maybe an opportunity to get the change that we need because there is a more disruption that allows behavioral change in the world at the moment yeah definitely that's great and when the borders open where are you going next well i was meant to get married in may in poland so I, I, I think we're planning next summer to try again. And at the minute, it just feels a bit, who knows, like should be okay, but who knows, right? But yeah, I mean, even, and so it may well be Poland for the wedding. But if even if like the borders open before that, I definitely want to be heading anywhere, just somewhere <laughs> um, as soon as I can. Because as much as I've quite enjoyed the pause, the reflection, I've got Purple Goat launched and it's growing really well. And I'm, I've probably needed that stability, if I'm honest, of being at home while launching this. It's a pretty big deal with Purple Goat. We've partnered with a global marketing agency. So, it, yeah, it's a lot going on and I probably needed that stability. But I'm, I'm equally missing the, the travels and all the things I love about travel a lot now. Yeah, well, congratulations on the wedding coming. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, and on launching Purple Goat as well. I'm sure we'll be seeing a lot of amazing things coming out of that and and catalytic change also for for well and all industries really, which is where we need it. No, and I think this change of perception that you were touching on is it's it's just key, right? Because even even human connection is changing as we speak. So how do we want to continue relating to each other? How can we even look more cautiously at those small moments that can actually make someone feel and just have less stress even during 
during travel, which is an, it's an industry that we go into, we travel to get out of stress, but the whole process of actually getting somewhere yeah. is quite stressful for everyone. So that's really interesting to see that paradox as well. And I'm trying to understand how we can ease into that process and just be more inclusive with, with the world, with, with animals, with, the, with everyone, with all humans. Yeah, and I think on the business side, like we, you mentioned the word industry and there's a lot of factors that make up travel industry. And I talked a bit more about transport and we obviously touched upon hotels and accommodation, particularly with Accommable. But I think like even the, the small businesses that offer, you know, guide tours to tourists and um, I, I, when I've done a lot of work with the Catalan tourist board we did all sorts of adapted sailing and adapted snorkeling really great provision for disabled travelers and yeah I, I kind of feel that disability or no disability there's something about helping the smaller businesses thrive more it, it's just all of these social issues that we become more and more aware of over time it, it's an opportunity to to make them right I think yeah, no, and I think it's it's the fun experiences, like what you were saying, like a hot air balloon and all these things that, that many people haven't experienced because they are not designed in a way that we can actually enjoy them or they're not yeah. sustainable either. It's an opportunity to really rethink that and, and just see how can we just enjoy more or how can, you know, really that distressing part, that pleasurable part, that experiencing part, which is what designers do, can be increased. And sometimes it's just tweaking uh, things. Sometimes it's more major, like reconstructing a plane. Just always thinking about the smaller things. What could they, what could they do? Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Great. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Martin. It's so good to see you and talk to you. And I am sure I'll be seeing more of all your work on social media. I'll post uh, the links of what you're doing so people can follow and support and hire you for uh, all this because I really do believe that that's the change, just getting into the mainstream and having these conversations as much as we can so we can really have everyone in the table to redesign something we all love to do, which is travel. Yeah, it's an absolute pleasure being on the, on the podcast. Good, good luck with it. I'm excited to hear the other guests you've got coming up. And uh, yeah, thanks for the opportunity as well. So good to have all these conversations. In this podcast, we are really approaching travel from a design perspective, which means talking to as many different voices, perspectives, ideas, everyone. We also want you to be part of the conversation. We want to really raise the bar of what travel can be for everyone. So come join the journey and subscribe. And I would love to listen to your ideas and thoughts. Please write to us, get in touch. Let's redesign travel together. Have a beautiful journey today.